Have you seen the internet debate going around at the moment? Oh, the wheels and wheels doors. or doors. This pisses me off. It does piss you off, doesn't I, it? Yeah, I don't like these sort of things. Oh, you don't? Because um, I, I, I love like irrational arguments. Mm-hmm. But when people started nitpicking what's a wheel and what's a door, that's when I lost interest. Oh, yeah. But anyway, like of your view, I want to know your... And the world wants to know Jack Lynch's <laughs> right, take. You know, Is there more wheels in the world or doors? Just you know, by your view. You know when we discuss <laughs> <laughs> Yo Kitchen and Bead? Mm, which we will discuss And today. no matter what you think... You're always going to lean with Embiid, and I'm probably always going to lean with Jokic. Because I don't know what you mean. <laughs> just slight bias. And you know when there's like times in your life where you're surprised you have a bias? As soon as I heard that, I was like, fuck wheels. I'm team doors. I didn't <laughs> even think about it. I just wanted there to be more doors. And on analysis, I, I have no idea. You have no idea. I'm a, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I haven't seen the, haven't seen the spreadsheets. You say, okay. But What's your suppo- gut feeling? I think there's... Well, my gut feeling is doors. Okay. But from all the things I'm seeing, people are like, oh, there's evidence there's more wheels, but I don't buy it. You know, mate, you and I could never be more different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we managed to be so different. And this is not planned for everyone at home. I don't know Fuck how we yeah. managed to be so different time and time again. Are you really wheels? I'm so wheels. You know what it is? And this is the thing. I don't. I know you don't sit on TikTok like I do. Mm. But if you sit on TikTok, there's a lot of like videos that people... Like, mm. I saw Lego said there's 1.2 billion wheels made in the last however many years or whatever. And I count those as wheels. And there is doors with Lego as well. Yeah. I'm going to give that as well. Do I count that? I haven't thought of it too much about well, that. Well, you count the wheels, but you don't count the doors. <laughs> but I was thinking, so an average household, there might be, on average, apparently, this is one of the things I read, there's twice as many houses in the world than there are cars. But it's not just about cars. I know, but... You know what it is? That was a good good sort of like starting point. But how many doors are in a house though? Here's my uneducated statement. And I do a lot of these. This is why I have a podcast. (laughs) This is why everyone hates you in the comments. This is why everyone hates me. Here's my uneducated statement that I'm stamping and this is what I believe in. I believe it's wheels because on the surface and in our day-to-day lives and everyone who doesn't work in a factory is like, yeah, look around. There's doors everywhere. But I think if you more so in industrial um, humanity is greater than residential humanity in terms of like objects mm. and tools, and I think you'd find that underneath the you're, you're the biggest tool of them all. Welcome to the Bronxshire Basketball <laughs> <Wait>. Show. <laughs> I'm your host, Nathan Cullinan, uh, and this is my co-host, Jack Lynch, who every week tries to get me to stunt or stutter there on that. And it works every single time. It does, a little bit. Um, how are you, mate, Jack? Good. Life's good. Did I say my name's Nathan for our new people? I don't know. This well, is Nathan. It's Nathan. Nathan's the co, uh, not the coast. Nathan's it, the host. It says it about here. It says it here. He has no idea what he's doing. He's making it. it up as he goes along. That's it. Uh, All well, the gear, no idea. That's right. Um, Thank anyways. you for providing the microphones. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to the show, everyone, especially the people that are new. Uh, we're here to talk about the NBA, not not wheels and doors. No. So let's kick us off. I don't know how this doesn't feel like a smooth like entry to the show. When but, is it ever smooth? But that's right. So when let's, is it? Let's uh, kick off by congratulating Greg Popovich, who is now the winningest coach in the NBA. Goat. The goat. He's the best coach ever. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, is there no one, Doc Rivers? 
<laughs> I, I almost fell for that for a second. <laughs> Jesus. He was named one of the top 15 coaches yeah. of all time. Oh, ridiculous. Oh um, who could contend with Pop? Phil Jackson. He's got to be there. Red Auerbach. Celtics. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's probably it. Yep. Brett Brown. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brett Brown. Uh, yeah. You know what? These days, I actually miss him. Yeah? Yeah. Have you seen like his you, NBL? Fuck, you hated him. I did. You did And hate now him. I hate Doc Rivers. Yeah. Uh, funny that. Anyway. His NBL what? His NBL clips. Yeah. He, and he swears in them. And, he, and he's, got his, he's got his Boston... <laughs> His Boston accent. <laughs> I can't even do it. That wasn't he, bad. He's carrying it around in like the NBL mm. fucking locker rooms and shit. But anyway, congratulations to Pop. To Pop. He recorded his 1,336th win the other day in the regular season. Is now the all-time leader in regular season coaching wins in NBA history. Retiring at the end of the season? Yeah. They're going nowhere. I feel bad for him. He doesn't want... You know, he's a loyal guy, but they're going... 21 seasons in a row with 50 wins. <laughs> yeah, like, he's all right. But he doesn't want to sign off on a on a low, and I think he might have to. You reckon that, that's what he was after? Some people say LeBron's after the scoring first place of Kareem. LeBron's is still dominating, so... Well, kind of dominating. Yeah. But LeBron's not going to retire because he's just still very good at what he does. Pop has... I think he's done with coaching. I think it was just the last sort of thing to tick off the list. Yeah. Um, just to really stamp his name in NBA history and past Don Nelson. But I don't know. I think, and I know, I don't know. Like, do I want to put this on the record? I don't know. But his wife passed away a few years ago. And I think that sort of rejuvenated his love for coaching a bit more because he could really dive into it a bit more. So maybe we'll go, keep going a bit longer because... This is like, you know, this is everything at the moment. Yeah. Maybe I'm just guessing and could be completely wrong, but like, I feel like that would be a pretty justifiable approach from Pop if, you know, that was the case. So maybe he will keep going. Is it at all possible, at all possible in this universe that he goes to another team? No. If that was the case, he'd retire. Yeah. If San Antonio didn't offer him a contract, would never hear from him again. Yeah. Off into the sunset. Similar to Kawhi when he retires. Yeah. LeBron James, you mentioned him. Uh, he dropped uh, two 50-point games, uh, 56 against Golden State Warriors. A lot's happened in this last week, JL. I've got to tell you, some, some weeks in the NBA there's nothing and some weeks there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot on the court, which is nice. LeBron dropped two 50-point games, mm-hmm. one, one against the Warriors and then 56 and then 50 against Washington. Just to show everyone that, hey... Westbrook might be <laughs> Westbrook might be shit. Don't you dare disrespect his family <laughs> name. <laughs> Westbrook might be shit, but it's uh it's not me. And um man, it's it's yeah, what did I want to say? I had something to say about LeBron. I can't remember it, but it was along the lines of he is real good. <laughs> Did you see this I think I might have mentioned this the other day. I can't even remember what we talk about anymore on the pod. But it was something like people in their age thirty seven year points per game. Oh yeah. And he's at 29.3. Yeah. And next is like 13 points yeah. a game. He, um, unbelievable. Like those two 50-point uh, performances. And this season overall, yes, he might look a step slower, which is going to come. But at the same time, he is, he's still just amazing. Mm. He's still one of the best players in the NBA. And I don't think he wants anyone to forget that. Interesting to see if AD can come back in time. Well, that's the thing. If... LeBron obviously has these 40-point games in him. He's not going to hit 50 in the playoffs. 
Yeah. But if they win a playing game, get the eighth seed against Phoenix, and if AD's back, I know that like everything by the books is like they're not going to win. Every stat suggests they're not going to win. Yeah. But LeBron's proven us wrong how many times now? Like I genuinely cannot rule the Lakers out. Yeah. Until I see, and what LeBron had that quote the other day, like until I'm buried six feet under, I've still got a chance. Yeah. And I hate the fact that I believe him. And I and I I've thought that all season. For a while there, I I actually were like, nah, they've got no chance because mm. of the team around them. But then AD went down with some injury. Now he's yeah, gone again. Yeah. But he's I don't know. He's I can't remember how many times he's been injured. But when he came back from Anthony Data Davis, Anthony Data Davis, when he came back from his I'm going to call it his second last injury. Yeah. He was. Back to the best AD for mm. like two, three weeks. Then he got stepped on again. Who stepped on? I can't remember who stepped on his ankle or whatever. But he was back. And Zaza he, Pachulia. He, he was crazy <laughs> AD. So if he's going to be crazy AD and they've got a chance. At the end of the day, just in those last five minutes of the playoffs, um, LeBron, AD. Westbrook's not going to touch the ball. No. LeBron, <laughs> AD, and just get whoever is the yeah. most in form, especially with shooting, whether it's Monk or Stanley Johnson. Yeah, one of those. They've they've uh, brought on Alex um, Caruso, KCP, Kuzma. They've brought in uh, uh Kentucky alumni uh Wenyan Gabriel mm-hmm. who's made his way around the league. And I thought he was pretty was he, much Was he a process six for a while? No. He was a process everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Much later than that. Um and I thought he was never going to get another go in the league, but he's back on the Lakers, nice to see. I think he might have actually got a stint on another team. But you're right. I believe, especially because AD showed us that the bubble wasn't just... Or at least for those three weeks. I don't know what to think about the Lakers, but let's hope, for the good of basketball, as much as I hate the Lakers, let's hope that AD and LeBron can be firing right at the right time and that um, they can challenge. Yeah, That'd be good for the sport. Talking about big games today... uh, Carl Anthony Towns drops the highest scoring total of the season. 60 points, 17 rebounds, I believe it was. 32 points in the third quarter. Uh, the record is Clay Thompson's 37. 37. Sacramento. In what yeah, wow. How good's that? How many I've watched that? That's probably my most watched NBA it's ridiculous. YouTube video. And you know, the one almost like that one was ridiculous, but Kevin loves 34. Was and that was only a few months later, and then Kyrie refused to pass in the ball in the last possession of the <laughs> first quarter. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love. I just and I love records. I've mm. said I've said this before. I love things like that. If I was Cat, I don't know. I didn't actually catch that third quarter today. But if he was just, I don't know if he was just got to the thirty-two by the end. They but from what I didn't, I didn't see all of it, but I watched some highlights and just sort of read some stuff about it. But. Apparently, it was intentional to slow the pace down just so he could play all 12 minutes. Because yeah. normally, you know, he sits for f- the first four or, the, you know, the, from eight you know, eight to four-minute mark. Yeah. Um, so, they were like, let's slow it down. We need him. And he just couldn't miss. Yeah. Um, so, that's good for him. He dropped 60 points today. The uh, Yesterday, the Grizzlies and the Thunder both came out in white uniforms, JL. <laughs> and How good was the ref? <laughs> <laughs> and... I mean, I'm not sure if I've sort of shared it on, on this show, but, you know, you definitely know me well enough to know that regardless of what sport it is, the even slightest jersey clash, uh, jersey, not clash, do they, wait, is clash? Yeah. 
Is clash? Yeah, when they when they look the same. Yeah. It's not when they're the opposites. The slightest jersey clash pisses me off. I can't handle it. And if I was watching that game live, which I wasn't, and I saw them come out both in white, you would have lost your mind. I, I, I would have had a stroke. The things you love most in life, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> good lover. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast and. Colour contrast. <laughs> Colour contrast. <laughs> They're the only three things you like. You know what really gets me about specifically the NBA? And we've done it again today. We hosted the Nuggets Philly. We had our blue court. We wore red and the Nuggets wore blue. Stupid. There was a game either this season or last season where we wore our red at home. We had a blue court and the Lakers wore all blue. And then their blue no was, a, was the same blue as the court. If you're playing a team that happens to have one of your colours... Don't let them wear it. Don't let the them floor. wear that colour. There's Shits like five bring back Nike, I know you're big fans of the pod. <laughs> Please bring back white at home, yep. colour on the road. Yep. I love it. I love it and it uh, looks good. Or if they do want to mess it around, you can match the colour of the floor with the home team. Yep. But the away team cannot wear white. They have to wear colours. Yep. Something, something like that. Because Boston looks very good when they wear green at home. Philly looks good when they wear blue at home. It does work, but the other team can't come in. If you're wearing white, the other team can't wear your force colours. I'm going to go ahead and say, not that I can just think of it off the top of my head. Has there been many times where you've hosted Milwaukee, you've worn the white and they've worn the yeah, green? but their green's so much darker that it doesn't really But at look. the same time, it's... <laughs> The court's green. Mm. But that's the one where I actually won't pay it. No. Because their green's so dark. Ah, oh, but still. You know what I'm We've saying. We've had playoff series against them. You don't even notice it. But when it's like... They should wear their black. Yeah. And you... The white's fine. They cannot wear their green and you're home and you should not be able to wear... If, especially if the court's green. Anyway. Oh. Here we go. That's one of my biggest things. Um, Kevin Garnett, talking about the Celtics, got his number five jersey retired at the TD Garden. And about time. Yes. Overdue. Did you see? I'm sure you would have seen all of it. Right. Um, the, the beef has been quashed with Ray Allen. Lots of hugs with Paul Pierce as well there. How much did Paul Pierce and KG talk shit as soon as they left the building? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's um, good. About time. Yeah. So I get why they were pissed initially. Yeah. But I mean, he made the right choice. He won a championship. That's you it. You can't blame him. And then did the Celtics want to trade him yeah, for a while? Doc, yeah. He wasn't even starting. Avery Bradley was starting over him. Danny Ainge tried to trade him for two seasons. Made it made all the sense in the world to go. Yeah. But how good's Kevin Garnett finally getting his first jersey retired? Because I believe he's refusing to get it done by the Timberwolves for the time being. Why? Uh, so this is why Boston hadn't retired it earlier. Boston was happy to, but thought... He's a Timberwolf. Let them do it first. We'll do it second. But because of his issues with... Uh, who's their owner now? Um, oh, uh, um, I forgot. But he was going to try and buy them. Yeah. KG was going to try and buy the... KG hates them. Whoever the owner is. The, How yeah, he was going to try and buy the Timberwolves, wasn't he? Something like that. <sighs> oh, wait, no. It has been changed. It's been bought. Remember how A-Rod bought it? Yes. Who was the old owner? I don't know. I, I'm not aware. David Kahn or something, maybe? I don't know. But KG refused to have it done. Okay. So Boston because waited. Because the owner, yeah. Um, but then they think they've given up. Unless it did happen in Minnesota and I'm just completely out of touch here. 
Yeah. Which is genuinely possible. A-Rod. I forgot about A-Rod. No. It doesn't look like he's being retired by... Cool. Yep. I'm still right. So, yeah, what it was anyway, because A-Rod only bought that team, what, a year ago. But initially, Garnett refused to have his jersey retired unless until the ownership changed. Yep. Okay. Um, let's keep going. Um, so, last couple of topics I want to smash out before yep. we get into this week's segment. Uh, last week I vowed not to talk about Philadelphia on the show, but it's inevitable this week. It really is. Um, Nothing's happened. <laughs> no, come on. Um, last Thursday, March 10th, American time, out time, the 11th Friday, was the big anticipated uh, Brooklyn in town in Philadelphia yeah. game. And let me tell you, the NBA is a league and sports that doesn't have many rivalries. It does, but it doesn't. Lakers and Celtics are a, a bit of a rivalry. A but bit of a rivalry. They're one of the most famous rivalries. Nah, but it's it still doesn't have that like... I don't know. And I can't speak on the other American sports because I don't follow them at all. But It's, it's still, not like soccer where the fans... Fa- but Ameri- even, but Ameri- I believe even MLB, uh, NHL and, all, and NFL have all got like a bit of that, you know, like it can spill into the, it can spill into the crowd. Whereas Celtics and Lakers, because it's opposite sides of the country, twice a year, you know, they're quite often, other than in that little stint there with the finals, mm. they're quite often not good or bad at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> basketball crowds is no good in general. Yeah. It's a very... Yeah, I, I mean, Whereas, yeah. I, don't, I don't watch a lot of American sports, but you've got hockey. Got drunk, angry <laughs> Canadians <laughs> and people from the north who are cold, so they drink a lot. Yeah. Then you've got baseball, who spend nine hours in the sun, they drink a lot. <laughs> then you've got football, who spend four hours tailgating before a game, yeah. and they drink a lot. And they only play each other once a year, so that, like, their rivalries mean heaps. Yeah. You don't get that in basketball, and I reckon there's one common denominator why it falls into the stands. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I know what you mean. All these different factors, in, in my view, there's not, like, full-on rivalries in the NBA. But... If there's one rivalry that's mm. sort of cooking up at the moment, it's Philadelphia and Brooklyn. I don't have to go into the trade, but that's the main thing. But we play them four times a year. They're about an hour and a bit down the road. Uh, for some reason, Embiid and KD for three of the four games this season have been exchanging words, getting chippy. Um, Harden wanted out of his best mates. Ben wanted out of Philly after, you know, being part of the process and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's all happening. It's, and then there was, and then there's the Philly crowd against Ben Simmons. Yeah. It, um, how happy did that make you? All the booing. Oh, uh, well it did. Did you see the Bronx cheer for Ben when he dunked? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna, what I'll do is at the end of this episode, so stick around for it. I'll play that clip of uh, the Sixers fans, if you haven't seen it, um, giving Ben Simmons a Bronx cheer for his dunk. We love a Bronx cheer. You want a definition of a Bronx cheer? That is the f- distinct definition of a Bronx cheer. Ben Simmons walks in, warming up, but not even really warming up because he's still injured, mm. which I'll get into. Um, dunks the ball, just like, you know, puts down, gets, hey, everyone's cheering him, you know, why would you do that with the Hawks, blah, blah, blah. That was a Bronx cheer, a sarcastic cheer. Okay, so bef- still injured. So before this game, um, you know, a bit of a honeymoon mm. phase. You know, we did lose here once, I think, or something like that with Harden. Yep. But to be honest, 
this game, the re- the real rivalry that it was, the Ben Simmons return, the Harden against his mates, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving was able to play, KD, Embiid. This was like a playoff game. It really shouldn't be. And your, your two best players played like a playoff <laughs> game too. <laughs> well, Embiid was our only player that came to play. Tyrese Maxey gets a gets a pass, but unfortunately, not really if you're trying to win a championship. He scored four points on seven shots. James Harden was three of 17, had something like no points. <laughs> like no points, did nothing. So what was Embiid, seven of 17? No, no. he was five, five of 17, I think. He was, was at the line a lot, but he, he nah, Embiid, Embiid came to play. He was playing good. It was literally, it was Harden and everyone else. Embiid did not play well that game. He did. I'm telling you right now, he did. He got free throw after free throw. He had 17 free throws in the first half. Yeah, but that's because... Well, did you see when he was jumping horizontally to get a call? Yeah, well, the, this... No, 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 hold on. You... Embiid scored... Hold on. And the third quarter, the fourth quarter wasn't played. Embiid had 27 by three-quarter time. How many free throws? But the free throws are part of it. They don't have anyone who can guard him. That was... The softest whistle I've ever seen. Oh, well, you better get used to it because they don't have anyone who can guard him. We don't have anyone who can guard there. He's seven foot tall and he flops more than any other player in the league. Because if he was on any other team, you would hate him. I would, but I don't. <laughs> it's the more... Like, the, no, but you got... It's such at shit At the end basketball. of the day, it is what it is. You love CP3. It's he's He's like uh, CP3 slash James Harden in a centre. At the end of the day, as bad as the rip-through bullshit looks... It's still at the same time. What can you do that about it? That rule needs to be changed. I hate what, the But what through. can you do about it? The arms are there. If you're not going to so, move them. Side out. I've, um, I've said that for a while because I was glad that that used to be the shooting foul and they changed it because of KD. Yeah. And now when it's clearly they're not trying to do anything other than just draw a foul on your defender. Yeah. That shouldn't. Be, that should be like not offense. It should just be a side out. Yeah. So well, it's I, like a kickball. I can see what you're saying there, but at the same time. It shouldn't be rewarded. It's sort, it's, sort of, it's sort of there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all these tiki-taka fouls on Embiid, which I'm going to call are 40% of the time. The other 60%, he's just unguardable and too big. He's unguardable and too big. That game, I don't think he played well at all. He did. He if he wasn't if he wasn't getting fouled or if he wasn't looking for fouls, I'll give you that. If he wasn't looking for the fouls, that's the issue. He, he gets so obsessed, and even in today's game, which I know we'll get into, he missed a bunny at the end because he tried to draw a foul. Yeah, but anyway, that's his biggest his biggest issue at the moment is that he wants the whistle. I don't know. I just I, I don't know. That's Trey Young does that as well. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Anyway, the point is. Harden no, fucking sucked. Embiid came too. to play. Harden sucked, right? Three and this is the James 17. Harden. Yeah, the, this is the James Harden that was like, shit, are we going to get that James Harden? Yeah. Um, is this the Nets we're going to get in the playoffs though? Or was that a was that well, an anomaly? Well, he, here's what I want to say. We'll skip that last topic because it's probably a bit of nothing that I had. Um, here's what I want to say. I've said all along that can't, can't, can't stop looking at the Nets as the favourites. I think that the vaccine mandate in New York, there's no word on it yet, but I think it will be ready for Kyrie to play at least the second round at home, maybe maybe the conference finals at home. Is that just you clutching at straws or is there any... There's, no, there no, any no. Well, they've started to ease, but yeah. there's no... The mayor hasn't said this is... This is the timeline. Well, basically. the man was calling him an idiot the other day. Yeah, but it, it, he's st- they're starting to ease yeah. it. I reckon, you know, and Woj put it in his words, inevitable Kyrie will be back this season. P- 
people forget how good Kyrie Irving is, man. That guy. That guy. KD and Kyrie. And I don't care what anyone... I hope we get Boston Kyrie in the playoffs. I, I don't care what anyone, any Philly fan tries to say to me, oh, it was just a regular season game. So this is a bit on the Sixers, a bit on the Nets. That They should have turned up to the... They're our rivals right now. They should have turned... Or Harden should have turned up to that game and Maxi and Doc. Doc's shit coaching as well. And been like, let's beat these guys. I think they did. Let's let's. I think that mentality was there the whole time. I don't reckon Harden would have gone in there without knowing this is the biggest game of yeah. the last like five years. And why did Harden do his usual shit of shying away in in the big games? And I've said this all the time, and I'm I'm terrified now. I'm actually so terrified, and I'm I'm normally a pessimistic, bloody person. I'm like so off us being title contenders at the moment right One now. game. One game's well, all it takes. Okay, so you came in. You smacked us by 48 points. Yes, Harden wasn't there yet. That's our, that's our brain fart game. That's the brain fart. How, we can't let Brooklyn come in and do the same thing. And then today, I know it was on the back end of a back-to-back, but Jokic and Embiid haven't played for something like 900 days because Embiid's always out. Yeah. This is finally the time we get to see Jokic and Embiid go head-to-head. There's no Murray. There's no MPJ. And they come into Philly and Jokic... Be- Embiid had the better night, you could argue. Mm. But... He had the points. You you might even be surprised. I'm starting to swing around on that. Yeah. How crazy is that? Because... I don't know, man. And Jokic just lets a game come to him type thing. In terms of that cliche statement, yeah. Jokic lets the game come to him more than Embiid does. I think... From what I from what I did glimpse of the game, and this is just going back the last you know four or five years of their careers, Jokic will let the role players win games for him. Yeah. Whereas there are so many stars in the league where the bench gets on a roll and they come into the game and they look to score, and they don't look for the hot hand anymore. And I think that's one of obviously we talk about how good of a facilitator Jokic is, but it's not even reading the game when the ball's in his hands. It's Knowing, hang on, the defense is just watching me right now. These guys are on. Yeah. I'm just going to stand here and they're going to play a four on three because they've got two men watching me. Yeah. So the M- Jokic today against Embiid and Philly had 22 points, eight assists, 13 rebounds. Embiid had 34 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and I think a couple of blocks. Um, but. The difference was in the... doesn't say bench points. I don't have a bench point stat. But it was something like 30 or 40 to 14. Mm. And this is exactly what you're talking about. Bones the, Island. The, oh, my God. Did you happen to see it? He came. I saw the last two and a half minutes of the game. <laughs> he just he just stroked three three-pointers yeah. in a row. Like, he just kept shooting him, this guy. And Boogie hit two, didn't he? Yes, he did. That would have hurt you. Anyway, the point is that I'm very worried at the moment um, about the Sixers and their title contending chances because these the smack in the mouth was from Boston, not from Brooklyn. The Brooklyn was the one that we go nuts. We stick it to them. Ben Simmons is in the building. We need to stick it to his team. And they did the opposite. They, gave did the opposite. they, they came in firing Brooklyn. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to say, JL, we, I don't know, a couple months back, we did... Who, um, uh, we did a start bench cut. Mm-hmm. I think you did it. Uh, KD, Jokic, Giannis. 
arguably maybe the three best players with Embiid and LeBron sort of at the top at the moment. And Steph. Yeah. Let's just say those names. Steph, Jokic, Giannis, um, LeBron, Embiid, and KD. KD. I said then that KD is the best player in the NBA. And mm-hmm. I said, like, it's just pretty simple for me. And I'll say it again now because I really want to make it clear. Here's what I want to make clear. If the Nets stay in the playoffs and Kyrie Irving comes back for, you know, can start to play home games, they're going to win the title. That's number one. And right now, and this season, Kevin Durant is so far and away the best player in the NBA. So far and away. It's not even funny. I don't want to hear Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, Steph Curry, LeBron, Kevin Durant. And I used to criticize him for... I know you don't like it, but the lack of killer. Mm. I reckon since he's gone to Brooklyn and maybe in the tail end of that Warriors sort of stint, but more so since he's gone to Brooklyn, I reckon he's got a bit more of that in him. And that's all of these things are contributing to him being this. He is. He is unfucking believable. I think KD's the same as we've always seen since probably his second year in the league. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. But I don't. He, he could be the best player in the league. He but is. he's not he's not firing away the best player in the league. It is so close. It's For like me, a it four is. five man race at the moment. But the thing is, you know why it is? So you know why okay, I'm a Sixers fan, but you know why I always sort of lean to Embiid? Is because as good as the facilitating is, the number one thing in basketball is scoring the ball. And Embiid tends to do that I know with free throws, but higher than Jokic, right? Um, and then there's a the defense, blah blah blah. As of right now, KD is far and away the mo- the best scorer. Mm. And he's one of the best scorers of all time. Yeah. But he's so far and away the best scorer, like that's where the huge gap is. When he wants a bucket, when he, he wants one. when he wants a three. You know, when Jokic is playing well, when when Jokic is on fire, when Embiid's on fire, when Giannis is on fire, when Steph's on fire, and when LeBron's on fire, maybe you can argue still LeBron. But all those other ones. They still aren't close to what KD's like KD on is fire. automatic. But I think... And this isn't necessarily a slight on Durant, but... You just can't stop him. The thing about it is you can't, you can't stop his offense. But when he's got the ball and he's looking to score, you know exactly what he's doing. And yeah. I think that's probably what's... At the height of his career, that was always the one thing he couldn't do that LeBron could, was you knew that KD was going to shoot. Yeah. So you, all you have to do is wait till he's getting in his dribble and throw a second man at him and that's when it sort of fell apart. And LeBron would always pass out of the double team. And while Durant still... like uh, When he's got the ball in his hands, you're like, fuck me, here's two points. You know it. But obviously it's not always two points. But it feels like it always is. Yeah. Because it's so effortless. But he doesn't necessarily make his teammates better. No. He gives him a lot more time to shoot because of the spacing and everything. But even Embiid, who's not known as a passer, makes his teammates better than Durant does, I think. Well, just the other day, for example, against us, terrible game plan by Doc. I mean, I, know, I don't know what to do with KD. I get that. But we were blitzing Embiid up, up high. Yeah. You know, he'd come. We'd go blitz him straight away. Uh, uh, did I say Embiid? KD. We, we were... Blitzing KD with... Yeah. We, we were blitzing KD... Straight away, and we looked like he was passing well the other day because Seth Curry hit something like twenty five yeah. points. 
Joe Harris is not in, but Seth Curry and they've got Paddy Mills and Kyrie Irving. I think with this team, yes, I'll give you that. But then I still go back to that that, that Milwaukee series and that toe on the line. This guy, for me, he's so clear, the best player. He's so clear. Because Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, Curry, and I'm sorry, but LeBron now even, can't push that button like KD can. Like he can. He's what, you know, people say, is he the most unguardable player ever? Because he might be. No. Who's the most unguardable ever? In score, scoring the Shaq. ball? Shaq. Uh, well. Team, Shaq, you know how people are like, oh, Steph Curry changed the league because people shoot threes now. <laughs> Shaq literally got fat seven-footers jobs in the NBA just to take four fouls and just fucking hold him there for a bit. <laughs> just hope for the best. The Greg Ozertags of the NBA. Now, he was actually all right. I shouldn't, shouldn't criticise him. Who was a really, really fat um, sharp, um, Orlando player? I don't know. Anyway, I'd argue that KD is... I'm literally Googling really, really fat Orlando player. <laughs> really fat Orlando player. <laughs> Doesn't come up. <laughs> but... Who's this guy? I don't know. Um, what is the guy I'm thinking of? He played for years. I don't know. Oh, wait, did he play for the Kings? There's a guy he who played, played for, for the Kings. Minnesota. Um, Oliver Miller. Oliver Miller. But people like him got gigs in the NBA for years. Just to hold Shaq. Just to take a few fouls. Yeah. Most unguardable. See, I would argue that KD... Even MJ. I would argue... You can't say KG's more unguardable than MJ. KD. Yeah. KG. <laughs> you said KG. Did I? KD. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, ha- I I will never... I'm not going to act like I've ever studied the old greats and stuff like that. And when Even I say Even LeBron's studied, more unguardable than... KD. Yeah, see, this is, this is what LeBron I'm saying. LeBron averages more points per game in his career. I know, and, but... <laughs> and more assists. I know, but the, the act of KD at his best... One a bucket. Obviously, you talked about the passing. Yeah. Obviously, MJ's silkier and smaller. And a bit of scorer. Uh, so who did I say? MJ. MJ. Yeah, but KD's... Come on, man. KD can give you anything. He can give you any anything from the triple threat. So can LeBron, so can MJ. Shaq can't. Um... But KD can shoot over any length hand. You, but not you, buying it. You don't you like, you no, don't like but KD. He's just not you think nearly Steph's better than him? Steph Curry is better than Kevin Durant. Are we doing this again? Oh, fuck you. Yeah, see, this is the thing. KD, man, he's so far and away the best. He's the best. Um, one last thing on Philly. I, this, I should bring this up. There's, uh, the other stuff can get a miss. Do you hear what Andrew Bogut said? No. Andrew Bogut last week... What did that old racist say? (laughs) (laughs) Andrew Bogut last week, fellow Australian, um, said, I think on... Yeah, on his podcast, he said he's hearing rumours. Let's not just put all our eggs in him being a reliable source. But he's hearing rumours from a source very close to the situation that Bradley Beal is trying to get to Philadelphia to form a big three with James Harden and Joel Embiid. And I can't tell you after the week we've had how much we need it. If we're gonna, I feel mm. like I just I'm so pessimistic right now. I'm getting to the point now. I think super teams with three all stars aren't worth it in the NBA at the moment. 
I think you're better off having two in depth. Bradley Beal would gut your roster completely. No, it wouldn't. We got Tobias Harris on a max. Oh, true. Fuck. Yep. So the way it would need to work, because he's out of contract this offseason, mm. Bradley Beal, the way it would need to work is they got to want Tobias Harris. <laughs> so you're not getting him. If they want Tobias, hold on, though, and... Shout out my partner, Taylor, is not going to like this because she thinks that Matisse Thibel's the Lord God. We're going to give... I can see it already, especially because Matisse can't make a three to save his... Matisse sometimes looks like he's never played offense in his life. (laughs) I'm so sorry to him. Today he actually scored a few buckets, dunks. Um, It looks like sometimes he's never played offense. He got like five steals, six steals today. Three blocks, two blocks. As he always does. But the man... Around Embiid and Harden, like most stars, we need someone who can fucking shoot the ball. If we can trade out Matisse and Tobias in one hit and bring back Bradley Beal, I don't think we'll give up Maxi. That'll be like the no deal. But like a pick, Matisse, Harris, we can sign and trade. Because we can't we can't just let go of Harris and then sign Beal. It doesn't yeah. work like that with the numbers and the salary rules. We have to sign and trade Harris for Beal. Would that make us the automatic, not like Warriors, but would that make us the automatic favourite for next season, even if, for example, the max, the vaccine mandates lifted in New York, Kawhi and PG are back, and Murray is back, and are we the automatic favourites? Oh. We've got to be with that. You probably start favourites, but I don't... We it automatically be. gives me sort of... Um, we would be. Nets big three vibes where initially when everyone was like, fuck, but also, then they were like, but maybe not because... But I think it's I think it's You don't have the facilitator to work with that. But it's worse well Harden's yeah. a good facilitator. Harden's a good facilitator even when he doesn't want to score. Yeah. It it it's definitely worse than some nearly a lot of these big threes we've we've ever seen. Mm. But it's very much fitting pieces, which we've lacked for so long. Fuck I hope it doesn't happen. No oh, man. Just break your spirits. I desperately need that to happen. Let's quickly get into this week's segment. It is top 10 uh, duos in the NBA, JL. And let's... Uh, how about we smash this one out? <laughs> this is tough. It was very I tough. I don't even think my number one is number one. For me, it is. And you've got to know who it is by now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you're not going to... You're going to hate it. <laughs> All right. Number 10 for me, and I just want to preface this by saying, all right, I'm, you, you, should we say, I'm going to say my honourable mentions at the end, all right? I've deleted mine, so. There's two honourable, for me, I said to JL off the pod, there's 12. There's 12 significant duos, or good, and then there's a cutoff, a drop-off. Give me your honourable mentions then, now. Let's do it out of the way. But then it reveals that I don't have them in my top 10. Okay, fine. That's okay. We'll be right. All right. Um, honorable mention number one, Jimmy and Bam. Honorable mention number two, Demar Derozan and Zach Levine. I had one of the two. Who? You're soon finding. No, out. you fucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. All right, so I'll kick us off. <sighs> number ten, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell is my. Number 10. And this is hard. These are so hard to order. So, so hard to order. But I've got them here. And you know what? You could argue. So, I had to, you know, to make these decisions, I, I went 
into playoff mode. Which we and, always do. Which I like that that's our barometer each week. Yeah. Playoff mode, you've got to put these guys down here. So that's my number 10, Mitchell. And they were my last ones cut. Oh. Just. Don't. It was really hard. Who did you cut? I think I know who you've put in and I don't know if I agree, agree with it. Okay, my number 10. Don't and this it. was really hard for me to put in. Don't say it. You're going to say it. Joel Embiid and James Harden. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. This, <laughs> uh, this one was really hard because when, when healthy, which gives a bit of a way, they're much higher. Um, the better of the two players, I think, in my mind, MVP candidate this year. No. Jokic and Jamal Murray. Oh, what? And honestly, and I hate that I'm doing this, but I think Jamal Murray's genuinely let down here. And obviously he's been out for so long. But when I was putting the rest of them in, and it was so, it was so fucking hard. You saw how many, much I was debating sure. where the players were. But right now, the way I'm sort of expecting Murray to come back, and Murray obviously had that bubble that was incredible. But for most of his career, he's been a streaky shooter, inconsistent, and if he comes back to that, which is what I'm expecting, I think that's probably where they're going to lie. Yep. Wow. That Big is shock. huge. Big shock. You wait until you hear where I've got them. So for everyone... You know, for I'm higher on Jokic than you are, but you're higher on Murray than yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for everyone, uh, we are including players that have been out all this season. We didn't do that last week in whatever our segment was. Defense. But like Murray and, you know, to reveal some other names... Paul George and Kawhi, especially Kawhi, they're all included. You know, they're all included and we're counting them at their highest. You're counting them at their highest? Yeah. Wow. But not their not their highest in terms of like Hmm. Not in terms of their like their career peak, but what I'm expecting them to come back as not like as a I'm not thinking of No, see I was going no, not, not in terms of like a um I was going trying to think like of an example. what they've showed us. Yeah, exactly. But not like a Jamal Murray's peak was in the bubble. What his career, like what who he is as a player pre-injury, is yeah. what I'm going. For. See, I think I'm sort of going. So I'm not that. going for when I, when I do inevitably have Kawhi and PG. I'm not having PG's 2018 season and Kawhi's 2019 season. No, no, no. I'm no. having who they were as players before they got injured. Yeah. So not at their best, just as who they are. Okay, so my number nine. Yeah. And let me just say something before I say my number nine. I quite often feel like I'm influenced, you know, we are going to influence each other, I think. I, f- I find myself getting influenced with all these fucking Celtics. <laughs> My number nine is Tatum and Brown. And in terms of playoffs, of course, you know, they've made it to the conference finals twice. Fucking oath they have. <laughs> Three times this year. Um, Jalen Brown has really grown a lot. Jason Tatum will remind us whenever we we need to be reminded. If he could play like he does from March to April every year, from yeah November, yeah, he'd be and thought I of think, as I think if they team. always had... So they are young. Yeah. So if they always had a perfect team around them, I know you can say that a lot about a, a, nearly every star, but for these two guys, if they had a really suitable team around them for all their careers, so for their whole careers so far, I think that, you know they could have done even more damage than two conference finals and they're only so young. So at nine, Tatum and Brown. If those, you know, the 2019 Celtics team 
That's probably one of the most stacked teams we've ever seen, top to bottom, in recent history anyway. If that did sort of pan out the way that people expected, they'd probably have a ring by now. Everyone sort of shooed them in as a, yeah. you know, as a finalist at least. Yeah. Didn't happen. They're coming though. <laughs> one day. Um, for my number nine, DeRozan and Levine. Mm. And again, <laughs> and as you said, there were 12. And from eight to 12 for me, were very close. DeRozan and Levine, I'm just liking at the moment. I think next year they're going to hit their strides. So DeRozan and... So Jokic and Murray as a duo mm-hmm. in the playoffs mm-hmm. versus DeRozan and Levine who have not been in the playoffs as a duo. Yep. You're putting DeRozan and Levine over Jokic and Murray. See, I said this was tough. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... As I said, I'm not as high and as high on Murray as other people are. But also, I think the shooting woes in the playoffs of DeRozan, I think, not that he's been in the playoffs recently, but I think he's outgrown them. I think that's not part of his game anymore. He's more comfortable getting into his bag. And I think Levine is, and I think Levine and DeRozan are both better than Jamal Murray. And that's, and like I said, the letdown of Jokic and Murray is Murray to me. Mm. Despite how good Jokic is. See, even though you interpreted it, which I always have to say this word when we're doing these, even though you interpret it as I'm not taking Murray, you know, Jokic this year and Murray bubble. Jokic was there in the bubble. Yeah. I'm thinking of pretty much the bubbled Jokic but that's and Murray. Like, that's like saying um, PJ Tucker is going to be a 37 points per game scorer if we're picking him in this. We know that he's not that. We know that Jamal Murray's probably never going to have a, a playoff but series again of 50 points per game. No, but it's different if you turn it on for a month. In February, then if you turn Which it is on, essentially what he did in the bubble, but the playoffs are the playoffs. Yeah, if but you turn it day, on for the at the end of the day, it was like a fourteen game sample size where he dominated. Yeah, but if you turn it on for the playoffs, that's the time where you're allowed yes, to but do. There's the, been two hundred other games of his career, I know, where and I agree with that, and that's his criticism. But who knows what happens last season? Who knows what happens this season? Mm. If he if he's a guy who like other Jimmy Butler. If he's a guy who turns it on for the playoffs, guys are like that, then that bubble Jokic and Murray is one of the best duos. If he does that, which I don't think he will. And I don't think, even if he never did his ACL, I don't think he ever would have done that again regardless. You think that's just a I total think that anomaly. was a complete anomaly. And that's why I'm, I'm just not as high as him as other people. See, I just look at that pretty much. So... My number eight, and I know I'm going to fucking get killed for this again, is Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Me too. Well, it's... There you go. You know We've what? agreed for once. Here's the thing. And come kill me for it, whatever. I'll say it for the thousandth time. Last year was one of the cruisiest to get to the finals NBA post-seasons ever. The Bucks and the Suns weren't the best teams in their conferences. It was the Clippers and maybe a healthy Lakers, and it was so clearly the Nets. For me, at least, people can say what they want. Book and CP3 getting to the finals doesn't mean shit to me. And the, and the first seed right now doesn't mean shit. And it's mainly a team thing. It's not a duo That's thing. why I had them a bit lower, is because despite how good Devin Booker and Chris Paul are, it's a team it's thing. Chris Paul makes... The 
I hope, you got that. I hope the camera picks that up. Nath just cops a facial from his wardrobe. Um, but I think Chris Paul makes the you know the nine other guys that get minutes on his on the roster that much better. Yeah, he does. It's not necessarily him and Booker dominating. It's him allowing Booker to dominate while him while Chris Paul makes the rest of the team so much better. Yeah. All right, you might be really surprised at this one. My number seven, Joel Embiid and James Harden. Simple. Been together for like, what, seven games? How can we possibly? People have different interpretations. People, Some people might be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're putting this, this top player and this top player. As of right now, and look at the Nets game, look at the fucking today, look at the yeah. fucking every all these games that we're losing. As of right now, we do not know if they as a duo slash... Just them right now. We don't know if they make each other better yet. That's right. And and this is current. You know, like, for example... So how many games have played? Eight together? Seven? Yeah. So, something like that. Yeah. Seven, I think. Maybe. We'll soon find out. So, I'm not going to be silly. I'm not going to put them high, higher than seven. Who you got? Tatum and Brown. Okay. I can give you that. I'm not Just gonna, Tatum is... I'm not going to kill you The last month, one. Tatum has been MVP levels. Mm-hmm. Brown, he's just so consistent... He's, I think he's got another level to get to probably next year, but I think between the two of them, they can average about 48 points per game, 50 points per game next year sort of thing. Yep. They're already pretty close to that anyway, but if they get the assist numbers up, they've. I think they're the two. They're going to stay together for 10 years, I reckon. Yep. And they're going to... They might not ever win a championship, but like, they're just going to be a formidable duo for a long time. Yep. Now, my number six and five, like I'm on the fly thinking about tra- swapping them. That's how close these two are. I'm going to go with, I'm going to swap them. Yeah. So my number fo- six, which again, might get killed for, is Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Me too. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I, I nearly had them at five. Um, at this point in their careers, they are both still very exceptional. Steph turns thirty-four today, so happy, happy birthday, birthday to him. But that's and a bit of a that's a bit of a today. A lot forty-five. Yeah, something like that. crazy shot. He's in crack fifty. You know how I feel about Steph. He's my favorite player, but he can be exploited on defense. And if you if you if you smother him, you smother him. Mm. This is the thing about shooters and small players in the playoffs. And as good as Draymond Green is as a general and an operator, facilitator... He's not going to beat you. ...and a defense, in terms of a duo, you know, you got to think about picking these duos and then just putting shooters all around them type, type, you know, systems. I mean, that's what makes the Warriors so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. He's letting Draymond play with but shooters. If, if, you, if you put three shooters around, for me, the rest of the guys here, and then Draymond and Steph... Unfortunately, it still ends up with Draymond and Steph here. That's my reasoning, basically. It's another way of saying six. That was with shooters around them. That's when they're at the best. That's when they're pushing like top three duo in the league, I think. But I, the reason I had them a bit lower was over the last decade, these two have got like the best plus minus yeah. in NBA history, sort of thing. They work so well together, but it's not necessarily just these two. It's what. It's the personnel that allows, A, Draymond to hunt for assists, but allows Steph to work off-ball. And if you're just taking these two team, these two players, 
they bring out the best in each other, but it's, you can't. Draymond isn't going to be the one that beats you. Yeah, it's that's right. Draymond working with the four others on the court. Yeah, most notably Steph is what's going to beat you. These two itself, it doesn't highlight Draymond's strengths to the basketball player. So if we're just talking jurors, that's why I didn't have them as high as they probably are in terms of how impactful they are on the court. Yeah. So my number five that was nearly below Draymond and Steph is, and this is a bit controversial, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo and Drew Holiday. The usual duo of the Bucks is Giannis and Chris Middleton. In my personal opinion, Drew Holiday is better than Chris Middleton. And so the duo of the Bucks for me, if it has to be cut down to two, is Drew, not Middleton. And I think they are, they'd be lower with Middleton. I think they are number five, um, Giannis and Drew Holiday. For number five, I've got Harden and Embiid. Much higher than me. I think two spots. At their best, they can be as damaging on anyone you know, as anyone on the list above them. As it's it's pretty much they're they're very new to it and they both have a bit of baggage when it comes to playoff performances so far in their career. Yeah. Which and I've defended Harden plenty of times. I don't think his playoff unsuccess I don't think his playoff woes are as bad as people say. And I don't think Embiid's really had an opportunity to thrive in the playoffs yet with the you know, the cartel around him. So yeah. while it doesn't look promising so far in terms of what their careers have been, I don't think that's necessarily something you're going to hold against them. Much like the way that people thought about Lowry and DeRozan. Everyone would like, you, they get to the playoffs and people would just know it's not going to happen this year. Yeah. Whereas I don't think that's the case for these two now. There's not like that yeah. reputation going against them. Yeah. I'm truly just a pessimistic Sixers fan. I, they could have been number one a week ago for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so I'm just so down um, about them. So that's why I've got them there. Um, my number four. So here we go. Is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? Really? Yes. You thought, I, you thought I was when you said you're gonna hate my number one, I was like, ah, oh, it's Harden and Embiid. And then when you oh, said no. them at seven or whatever you had them, I thought, well, it's going to be going to be Kawhi and PG. <laughs> Kawhi and PG, here's how I look at it. 50% of the time, and again, talking playoffs, 50% of their playoffs, they nearly won the championship last season. In my opinion, they would have. 50% of the time in the bubble, they're fucking so bad. <laughs> um, side of the backboard. <laughs> that was uh, way, way off P. Way off P. <laughs> I thought there was like a, a nickname that was backboard P, but anyway, there's not. Way off P. Um, so if that they have the they have the chance to maybe be number one. That's how highly I rate them. Mm. But when you give me that performance in the bubble, don't know what to say to you. So, but they could have won the championships last season. I really thought we got what the I thought we got the real Kawhi and PG last season, but of course, Didn't injury. Happen. So they're, they're my number four. I have Giannis and Chris Middleton. So I didn't go the Drew Holiday route. Um, I know Holiday's probably been more important so far this season, especially early on. Middleton was really struggling. But what Middleton did in the playoffs last year, and he's had a few big performances of late, I think his ability to score the ball is what's the difference maker between oh. him and Drew. And that's why he's so clearly the, 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 two option. the concise... Yeah. 
if you're going to call them a duo, it's Giannis and Middleton. Even yeah. now that they've added um, Drew, it's because he's the the second scorer. Holiday brings out the best in those two. He lets them just do their thing, and that's yeah. obviously where what makes these teams so good is that they've got three players that you can argue who's the best two. But to me, Middleton, if there's a if there's a game on the line, or if for, if for whatever reason there's a, a big game, and someone says to you. Giannis plays like shit today. You're still not going to doubt them because you know that Middleton can go for 40 any night. And that's mm. why. See, I don't reckon he can. You're higher, you're much higher on Middleton mm. than I am. And we've, and we've talked about how he's always, you reckon he's always cooked the Celtics. Yeah. Oh, mate. And that can make you, Fuck that me. can paint your picture on a player. That playoff series where he shot 70% from the field or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, remember, Cash I can't remember who it is. They always cooks us. Ish Smith. <laughs> anyway, my number... So that was your number four? Yeah. My number three. So it was coming from before. Jokic and Murray. This is how waiting, high... Yeah. This is how highly I... Ra- I keep banging on. I reckon this so... We'll see. Coming off an ACL. I reckon they are such a good chance to win the title if it's true that they're coming back. And they play so well together. Yeah. And now they've got Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Jeff Green, man, he got like three dunks today. Jeff Green's still... Uncle al- Jeff's still going. He's still alive. That 45-point game he had against I've always the buzzer beater against LeBron <laughs> in 2012. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> Celtics, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. Um, I-, I thought he had the chance to be like the best player in the league at one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can think that with the wing bodies. Um, yeah. But anyway... Jeff Green is a is a nice piece off the bench. They're well coached. Jokic, just as you said, can get everyone involved. He's such a great player, Jokic. I believe in Bubble Murray. I do believe in him. I believe in MPJ as some form of just straight offense. Aaron Gordon's good as a defensive, you know, body. He'll get you 12 to 14 points a game. And Will the Thrill. Will Barton's still don't, cooking. Don't forget about Will the Thrill. What I think, the reason as well that I'm a bit down on... Murray is that and I mentioned this about Durant earlier in terms of passing ability Jokic's best ability is just carving teams with his passing yeah and that's why they're still winning games despite MPJ and Murray being out is because he is so hard to defend because he makes your you defend all five of their players at all times and when Murray's on the court despite how good he is it's a bit ISO it just takes away that surprise element of which way he's going. And I don't think that negates the Nuggets at all, but it does make them a bit easier to, to defend Yeah. in terms of defending the three other guys on the court. Still, it's going to be hard to defend Murray because he's Jamal Murray. But in terms of duo, I almost like it better if he... If instead of Murray trying to get 27 points per game, if he averaged 18, I think that would almost be a better team. Yeah. Yes. So, they're my number three. Who have you got? KD and Kyrie. And this was tough. Wow. Oh, wow. And this is the top five. I tossed and turned multiple times. But the main difference here between who I have above them is their inability to defend. I think offense to offense, the other two duos I have above them. Yeah, because they can match on offense. 
But these two you have to surround with good defenders. Mm. The other two you don't. They're going to get theirs on offense and they're also going to hold the fort on defense. KD and Kyrie. Wow. So I know who you got number one. I'm sure I know who you got number one. Anyway, my number two. And this is going off that bloody three-week stint <laughs> after his second-last injury, AD, is LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Thank God for that stint, because if it wasn't for that stint, I was out on AD. They, I don't even know where I'd put this bloody AD. LeBron's great, but I don't know where I'd put this duo because... but Street clothes, Davis. <laughs> oh. He's so funny on the bench. <laughs> he's so funny with what he wears, and he's just like... He's, it's like, it's not cool anymore. Stop getting injured. You, know, you don't look fresh because you're not freshly there. You know, like, it's... It's, you're, it's like, I feel like if Cole Kuzma goes out and he loves fashion, if he goes out and gets this, like, amazing fit, wouldn't surprise me if oh, my hamstring's a bit sore. So on national TV, he can wear what he wants to wear on the bench. It feels like Anthony Davis is still trying to do that. <laughs> His mum has bought a closet full of clothes and he's trying to get through them all. It's just too often now. It's to the point where it's like, we'd rather see you, you know, suited up. But anyway, so for me, it's LeBron and AD. AD, actually, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He won me back over. And I think if he comes back in time and he somehow can stay on the court for the playoffs, we talked about it before, they can still be maybe the best in in the um, best duo in the NBA, but I've got them at number two because I rate the other guys well, number one. I have the other guys at number two. Well, no, hold on, no, 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 no. The other other guys that you've already mentioned. Oh no, you've already said these guys, haven't you? Yeah. I went back to my initial thought of who I thought you were going to be number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got Kawhi and PG. Yeah, yeah. At number two. <laughs> I saw this coming. Um, you don't even need to talk about them. They both just get their own buckets. Other than those, those three games in the conference finals. Last year was last year yeah. out of the bubble was impressive. Um, gotta say, I've just got faith in them, just to keep score. They're relentless. Mm. But again, the reason I had them over KD and Kyrie was their ability to defend. Do you agree with me? Like, I don't know if I've ever asked you. Do you agree with me when I bang on that they would have won the championship last season if Kawhi didn't go down? You reckon they beat the Suns? I think they do so easily. As in... Not easily. I think they do, come, like, nicely. They're the best team. They killed the Jazz with with eventually no Kawhi. Yeah. I don't know. And, like... Kawhi and PG and Reggie Jackson are better than Book CP3 and DeAndre. Yeah, but it's the Suns' next five that are... Well, and the Clippers I, still have a good... Yeah, the Clippers still five. have the depth. Don't know. Look, probably. Yeah. And they beat the, the Bucks. I don't know. Yeah. They do. Anyway. Number one. Number one. For you, it's... Uh, for me, it's Kyrie and KD. Yeah. And I know I'm fresh off this last week yeah, or two. You've just Kyrie. been traumatized by them and Kyrie's now they're... Kyrie's dropped 50 points. You know what? His three-point shot's gotten better. Yeah. You he's, know, had, he's had a lot of time to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this guy, Kyrie... Well, we were rubbing our arms for taking one for the team and doing what's better for society and having 24 <laughs> hours of a bit of a little fever. Yes. He was putting up shots that day. Yes, yes, yes. But in terms of basketball... I don't want anyone to forget how good this guy is because this guy is <laughs> fucking... You know un- how you're <laughs> tormented by the week that it's just happened? 
Yeah. I still see the guy against the Bucks that went <laughs> six for 19 and goes, I'm not going to go six for 19 every game. Then proceeds to go seven <laughs> for 20 and six for 21 in the next two games. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. if there's one thing I know, and like I, despite how much, I don't really care about Kyrie. Like, I don't actually hate him despite mm. everything. But I respect him a lot as a basketball player. But he on this list, pretty much, especially at the top five euros, he's the only guy that would shoot you out of games if he's cold. He doesn't look to train, change his game and try and facilitate. He just keeps shooting yes. until he gets hot. And that might be the biggest weakness you can have in a playoff basketball game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I will admit that. So I've just happened to watch like his recent games. <laughs> I don't know if it's... You know, I was actually thinking about it. Before Steph was my favorite player. And get ready for this. It was Kyrie. I got his signature. Did you? I got it on a, like a Kyrie oh, gets from, buckets um, down when under. He, when he came here, yeah. I went to go watch him train when he was down here. You nuffy. I went to go watch... Um, I woke up at stupid o'clock in the morning, drove all the way to Knox Basketball Stadium, Center, whatever. It's 7 a.m., just him and um, Chris Golding and um, Phil Handy, who's now the... You know Phil Handy? Yeah. Assistant coach of... Lakers, Raptors, always where the championship is. Cavs, I believe, as well. Um, Phil Handy was training Kyrie and Chris Golding 7 a.m. in the morning. I watched Kyrie do a bit of a practice. Anyway, he's improved his... I think this is a big factor. He's improved his three-point shot. And if you talked about what you talked about, I reckon KD can hold the ball the most now that Harden's gone. Mm. We'll see with Ben Simmons as well. Man, they didn't even know... They come and killed us without Ben Simmons. I told you... They would have lost with Ben. <laughs> I know you hate him, but I told you, you watch him be a role man, and he's going to be... He's never going to look at the basket. He's going to roll, he's going to pass, and he's going to defend. Screen, roll, pass, defend. That's his only jobs. And they're going to... F- and he's still going to butcher that somehow. They're going to fucking win the title, man. I can see it. They're going to win the title. He's calling it early. And my number one? LeBron and AD. LeBron and AD. And look, the reason why... There's still so much doubt in my mind about this, and I really, really didn't know if I would put them in. Like at one point, I had them. Like it's the six. whole can't doubt them. It's the can't doubt them, but also in terms of wing and big man, they actually just complement each other's games really well. Mm. Whereas the other sort of duos, it's they're both really, really good, and it's going to be relentless. Like let's like, say you know, double-edged sword. No, that's not the right, that's the wrong analogy. But it's a two-headed snake. It's coming at you no matter what. And it's Kyrie's going to shoot, then KD's going to shoot, or it's um, Kawhi and PG. But this is, you've got to defend both of them on the same possession because it's a pick and roll. Yeah. Or a pick and pop, or whatever it might be. And that's why, in terms of just duos, that's why these two, when they're playing, is the hardest to stop because they implement both on the same possession, much like Giannis and Chris Middleton. They're the only two duos that really do this in the NBA that we've listed so far. Yeah. And um, Jokic and Murray. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, LeBron and AD are good. Anyway. What the, if, uh, if he plays. <laughs> I, I skipped over the other topic I was going to have of the day. But the other topic just in outside the segment was going to be things for a very uncertain season. Things are taking shape right in time. It looks like MPJ and Murray are going to be back. Mm. Let's not dive into it. But some people are starting to believe that Kawhi and PG are coming back. Can you believe that? I don't. Not at all. I don't, but Kawhi keeps warming up before games. Mm-hmm. He keeps shooting around before games, and he's jumping. He's jump shooting. 
That's the easy part though. I know, but I'm still scared. You can do that after like six weeks after an ACL. Yeah. It's everything else that comes with it. You know what I'm saying. It's still scary. Paul George has only got a little elbow, little... I think after the two years we've had, it wouldn't be surprised if they're... I, keep, I always mention the NBA writers, whoever writes the scripts, yep. much like WWE. I brought this up last week. If they've just pulled them together at the right time, mm. and then someone's going to leak a dick pic on Snapchat as well, because there <laughs> needs to be a bit more fun in it. That's always the way it goes. I mean, Ben Simmons will come back right on time. I forgot to mention, Steve Nash said he's not even ready for one-on-one. Mate, ben Simmons is, He's done for the year. You, that, you said that, didn't you? Did if he's not playing one-on-ones, he's not playing this year. Fuck. Don't tell or, me. Or Steve Nash is lying. Yeah, or he's, one or he's un, like, it's, isn't in the know. It's something. Obviously, Embiid and Harden are going to try and work it out. I My guess is that the vaccine man out of New York is basically, in one way or another, going to work out NBA for... NBA writers, again, are putting <laughs> it in there. It's going to work out for Kyrie to be able to play the Eastern Conference Finals in one way or another. So that's Brooklyn being ready. Brook Lopez returned today. Brolo. Brook Lopez is back. The Bucks were missing him. Giannis can't be a five, as in on defense. Yeah. Um, Brook Lopez is back. You know, CP3 will come back right in time. For a season that was so uncertain, AD will come back right on time. Buckle up, NBA fans. I'm not trying to advertise here, but buckle up because April, mid-April, or whenever it starts... You didn't even mention Jamal Murray. And Jamal Murray, MPJ. I think I started with that. Did you? Jamal Murray, MPJ. Who else is there in the West? You know, oh man. It is. Enos, Enos Freedom's going to get another contract somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's not on the surface yet, but if you Bubbling if away. you lift the, the rug or the blanket, you can actually look and right now there's all these things happening that mid-April next month, we're going to be ready for the playoffs and all these big teams that like, it's like, oh, it's uncertain. Anyone can win it. I reckon some of these big teams are going to come and be like, no, 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 we're here. Bam is back. Jimmy's back. Bam. Healthy. Miami are just about healthy and Caruso's back. Boston's healthy the first time all year. Boston. Fuck. It's bloody awesome. It's oh, awesome. Oh. It's going to be like a bad stream. Draymond Green's back as well. Draymond Green's back. Yep. It's going to be a big stream. Clay's, Clay hit 38 points. He's starting to find the groove. James Wiseman's about to be back. It's all happening. It's all bloody happening. So get ready, NBA fans. Give the riders a promotion. <laughs> anyway, let's, time. let's cut it off there, JL. Thank you for joining us. My um, pleasure. Oh, you're going to join. Thank, were you thanking the? <laughs> were you thanking me or were you thanking the listeners? I was going to do a bit of a, a mutual. Uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Um, for this episode of the Bronxshire Basketball Show, JL, thank you for being here. My pleasure, mate. And um, don't forget to subscribe. And I have. Hit that notifications bell. I'm sort of looking at you, but telling tell our audience here. I have. Stop, stop yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. And uh, keep watching the NBA because it's heating up.